So, here we are. It's uh, Thursday. We've had a little time to breathe after Game 7, but we haven't really done our usual preamble before we uh, hit record here. We are going in completely unprepared, which I thought would be a a fitting tribute. Um, So, after a few days to kind of let that familiar feeling sit, um, what's the mood? Because I think we're all still pissed off. What is the one thing that maybe you're most pissed off about right now still i know it, it even though it's been a couple of days i'm still having a hard time just like i don't know accepting that this has happened again and my anger has like kind of shifted into sadness after all the locker clean out stuff and just the fact that this is over way before it feels like it should have been I don't know if this time just hurts more than any of the previous ones because the expectations were so high and and there there really isn't a good excuse for not getting something done this time around. Like all they had to do, like win one fucking round. Like you guys had three chances to close out a team that is nowhere near as talented as you and still couldn't get it done. I'd... I don't know where to go from here, honestly. I think they still have to just kind of let the dust settle a little bit. But yeah, I'm just really pissed off that this is over already because it it shouldn't be, frankly. Yeah, I guess like maybe uh, there's a million things that I could say right now. But like if I had to kind of come up with one thing, I mean, you watch like deep cup runs on other teams and there's always that like, folk hero guy like there's always that like third line guy that uh, that puts it like just has a crazy run and wins a series like with a bunch of individual efforts and and kind of becomes you know um a storyline like where was that where in in three games where was and i'm not in any means excusing the the superstars on the leafs like clearly they are in massive issue but like could we not have just gotten like a goal off of Mikheyev's ass at some point. He or just had like, the game like bounce. He had the series oh, bounce man. over his With stick. 10 seconds man. left. It's like, it, just uh, where's that stuff? Where's that? Like, Oh, this guy came out of nowhere and, and, and had six points in three games. Or like, just that, that kind of like bullshit, you know, doesn't happen to, to Leafs fans and Leafs. Like, I honestly don't know. Like I've been thinking about this like podcast, like doing this since since the you know, since Monday night and I don't know I can't really articulate how I feel or what happened. Like I I definitely can't sit here and be like, you know, this is what went wrong and, and these are the reasons that they lost and stuff. But I also have no interest right now in like exploring that or listening to people talk about that i'm so i'm yeah. just done like i i have i haven't really read anything looked at anything watched anything i got a little like i watched the, the press like the the year and locker cleanout stuff but i'm not interested in going on to the athletic and reading some fucking article about what happened to the leafs and some you know post-mortem on them so if anybody's listening whoever's listening to this podcast good for you because i don't know if i would listen <laughs> yeah. to this podcast if i wasn't <laughs> the one on it right now <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah. just gross that we're even doing this. Already. Like, I'm dreading <laughs> yeah. the fact that we had to fucking do this show Man. right now. But like, yeah, I mean, that's you know the uh, the like there are so many things to be pissed off about. One is like obviously you know we talked about how like you know they needed to win two rounds 
Um, that was like, you know, it was going to be a, a complete failure of a season if they didn't do that and they couldn't even close yeah. out one. And, and you know, the, on top of that and kind of part of that being now it's right back to the fucking Atlantic. Right into the buzzsaw. Yeah. Like, like it, it's going to be brutal. And, and as much as we say, like, you know, who gives a fuck about the regular season? We said that last year too, and and it, it it's true. Like it only matters what they do in playoffs, but like you need to like have a good regular season so that you're not setting yourself setting yourself up to just kick you know booted. Well, like, well, maybe that's something else to be pissed off about with this run is that was the talk all season long, and they actually did it. They had an incredible regular season. It we talked all season about how it felt different. This group was different. It was going to be different, and it was the same fucking thing again, and it just felt inevitable yeah. after Game Five. Yeah, yeah, and that was that was what I like. It was the feeling swung so quickly from like, okay, maybe we can close this out, get a little bit of rest, to like just no hope by by you know the middle of Game Six. You know they they came out so flat in Game Five, Six, and Seven. It, it was like you never had any hope during those games. That like no, it, it was like they 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 got so comfortable getting back into that like chasing mentality where they'll go down a couple and then they're, they're, they'll show how so how fucking skilled they are because they can come back and make a game of it in the last five minutes when you know they've looked like dog shit for the whole game and it was so it was like fucking painful. Was- scared to, to make a mistake or something yeah like yeah. no one wanted to be the, the next guy to screw shit up after galchenyuk's turnover and then even more so after Dermot's. i thought going into game seven everyone was so tentative like oh yeah no one was they trying to make anything happen place. yeah it, nobody wanted to be that guy yeah game five and game six at least had flashes uh, you know in the third period when they came back both games and even in overtime in game six like there was at least moments in the game where you were like, oh, okay, th- here it is. They're going to, th- this is it. They're going to close now. Game seven was fucking terrible. There was nothing. Yeah. No, they had nothing. Yeah. And, and that's just so discouraging from a team with like that history, right? Like, and, and, you know, like the, I just watched all of those, you know, post season breakdowns, all, all the player interviews. And obviously I, I've, I've watched, Keith and uh, like I watched those as they aired on Overdrive, and then I listened to it again today with uh, Keith and Shani and Dubis, and it's just I, I I mean I don't want them to be like emotional and saying that they're gonna you know tear it down or anything like that, yeah. but I guess I just I wonder if I went back and looked at, at last year's uh, end of season, like w- would it just be the same shit? Because like w- w- what? What confidence do you have that like anything's going to to change for next year, right? Like 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 where is you know the 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 hope right now with with like how it, it's not like it was just like um you know you ran into Price who I obviously had a great series but like he didn't steal so did Campbell like Montreal found a way yeah that's it like they they had pretty similar. They have pretty similar numbers, and like I mean, we've gotten at plenty far into this without directly bringing up you know Matthews and Marner, who were I mean oh, I, I, I now the first yeah. the first thing that I have to say about this is I don't want to group them together. I think that Matthews was clearly like the yeah. focus of Montreal. He, he still managed to generate quite a bit. He didn't look like yeah. you know necessarily the guy that you wanted him to look like, and he obviously didn't have the results. He was engaged, he didn't finish, but. 
with all of the attention on him, Marner looked fucking horrendous and he got worse we did a our last pod after game two and we said you know mariner doesn't look great he's he's fine on the penalty kill he needs to get better uh and he got worse every game and game seven was atrocious he just looked like completely lost out there like I, i i was you know looking at it like you know i always do the cross sport thing and like if you're watching a basketball game and a guy looks like for that that for even five seconds some of those shifts he had his ass is out and someone who's ready to play is in there and this guy just kept getting rolled out there and he was horrendous you know what mariner looked like to me you guys ever been out there in like a gents league or a beer league situation it's a bunch of 30 plus year old guys 40 year old guys oh there's that one guy who brings his 17 year old kid who plays bantam triple a or midget triple a or whatever the fuck it is yeah. And he's really good, but he's still a kid. Yeah. That's what it looked like with Mariner as the series went on, I thought. And it was just really clear that he couldn't get out of his own way. And yeah. I, I don't know. I It's hard for me to fault Keefe for continuing to roll it out there because, like, what is this team if they're not relying on the talent of Austin Matthews and Mitch Mariner? And... I I don't know. I just have a hard time placing blame at the feet of Sheldon Keefe for continuing to throw minutes at those guys because they're the two of the most talented players in the world. They dominated the league all season long. At some point, you just think that it's got to break. And in all honesty, we could be talking about this a bit differently if you know Price doesn't rob Mariner a couple times. Like. It, we're acting as if he didn't have any chances all series long. And of course he was nowhere near good enough. Don't get me wrong. Not absolving him of blame here at all because he, he definitely wasn't good enough, but he wasn't entirely invisible the whole series. He did have some chances. He did set up Matthews a few times and and the pucks didn't go in price was up to the task or they fired it over the net or hit a post. Yeah. It's, I, I don't know if either way he seemed to, he was the guy that seemed to shrink as things went on. Yeah, and, and I think like in your your analogy there, you know, you have the guy that comes out and he's a kid playing, you know, with men and but like he's not really a kid anymore. Like at what no. point at what point are we getting rid of their young like as an excuse? Like you know, what how old was Patrick Kane when they when they won the cup and he was like a point a game in the playoffs? He was like twenty, wasn't he? So like you know, it, there's ways to do it. And if, if that's the guy that, you know, the mold of uh, like, that's the type of player that he's supposed to be like a winger that can, you know, drive offense by himself and all like that. We, I've never, we just haven't seen that when it matters. And, and, and yes, he was, he had a lot of chances, but that was early in the series. Like I don't recall. Yeah, how he definitely faded as it went. And, and when it started to become like, okay, you know, your foot's on their, on their neck. Like, what are you going to do now? He, he, he just disappeared. And I, I don't get that. Like, I don't get how any professional athlete can get that close to, and, and I'm talking like, it's just him, the whole team as a unit, you can get, get that close to where, you know, you've never been before and just disappear, just completely fold up shop and leave. Like, I, I, I don't understand it. And it was so frustrating watching it, especially like you, you compound that with just like, 
you know, believe in it and if you want or not, but just like typical leaf luck, like leafy things, yeah. like like overtime in game six, for example. They had like 10 shots in a row. And it, with every shot and every chance and every minute in the offensive zone, it, was, it became more certain that they were going to lose on the first chance. Like the minute somebody had a turnover and there was a clean shot from anywhere in the defensive zone, it was going in. Like just that kind of stuff, you know, just seemed to kind of swell and, and it, it just became like that absolutely no confidence in it. But like back to what you said about Keefe, you know, and, and not absolving him, you're not, not blaming him, sorry, for, for, for breaking them up. Like I, I get that to an extent, but like coaching at some point, it really like like you know you put the players out there the players have to perform at some point it's not on the coach anymore but you have to make adjustments and yeah and he didn't do like, enough to try to get and them he didn't last year either and he didn't last year either i guess i shouldn't say that he, he tried that that super line in game five that and you he know, did he threw nylander with matthews and mariner a bit as the series went on but it, it was too little too late one shift or like after a penalty kill or something like it wasn't like you know, I, I don't know. Like, I just, if Nylander was, pre- and maybe the other thing was, hey, Nylander's doing what he's doing with Kerfoot and Galchenyuk. Maybe we don't want to break, you know, fix what's not broke or whatever. But it just seems like when, like, there's a formula on how to beat the Leafs and it's clogged the middle. It's not, you know, and it's really the formula how to beat any fucking team. But like, it just seems to work really well against the Leafs in, in taking away their offense. And I haven't seen Keith, you know, counter that move yet. When when it when it matters. Well, that was the you know the discouraging part was like I mean fuck there are a hundred but like the the fact that yeah it's it's two years in a row where um you know it was kind of steady as she goes until the deciding game and then uh, let's throw you know a wrench into the the lineup and I kind of like the most of the lineup moves in in game seven i just would have liked to see like yeah nylander a little higher in ice time and like maybe he takes some shifts in mitch's spot when he's looking so shitty as he did in some of those games but uh, like it's there's there are so many different like shitty little things that went wrong for the leafs but also like you knew what the habs were gonna do you 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 should have expected prices best and, and you know you got that but but really like like you said keith about uh, you know, off the top, like the Leafs didn't really have like their Fernando Pisani or whatever who stepped up and like yeah. just came off. It came out of nowhere. Neither did the Habs. Like they didn't have someone who really no. just like blew the 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 series open. It was just the Leafs, completely like, beatable team playing. Like, yeah, completely just, beatable com- team. Just going through the motions in every single game that they had a chance to close this thing out, and it, like it's it's I guess just discouraging to like. Just uh, it, it just feels like the same old. I mean, it is the same old shit. And and, and it, I don't know. I would just like after watching all the players, like it, it's you know one of the the things that pisses me off is like how many uh like you know you like in a movie or in a book or something like they'll they'll have you know the old wise mentor that they they kill off at the end of the first act and then the the hero has to blossom or whatever like how many fucking old mentors are we going to kill here <laughs> for Christ's sake like the guys who had the most emotion in those uh, year-end interviews were were Thornton and Spezza and Simmons I thought and, and Morgan Riley I would throw in there yeah yeah, yeah. yeah you know Mo was good and, and but like and 
And Mo had a great series. I, I just want to throw that yeah, in there too. Totally. I thought he was really good. He did, and we we'll talk about him later. But like these guys, like it's just like how how many times do you have to let down like legends of the game while you bow out? Uh, you know, in, in a series that you had in, in the palm of your hand, like it's it's fucking unbelievable. And it's you know, I, I don't th- think that like wholesale changes are are, you know, required or certainly. And I, I you know, I, I, it certainly sounds like, you know, they're, they're committed to the big four. Um, and I'm sure we'll we'll have plenty of time in the offseason to debate potential moves or whatever. But um I, I mean, it's just, it's so like, it, it, if the lesson hasn't been learned by now, what, what, what confidence can you have that like, it's, it's going to be this time next year. I've got none. Well, last year after the Leafs lost to Columbus, I wrote an article and I, I called it separating emotion from reality in another lost season for the Leafs. And my argument in that article was that basing anything off of, you know, those five games in the middle of a pandemic in August against Columbus and, you know, making wholesale changes because of that would have been ill-advised. But now it's not simply an emotional reaction anymore. The reality is that this group has failed to get it done in the playoffs time after time. So if they aren't exploring making significant changes to this formula it's it's just going to be hard to get behind it again and sit down and watch 82 games again next season in anticipation of this fucking shit again but the thing is i know i'll do it yeah Yeah. like like i did it when they had fucking randy carlisle and i knew they were dog shit and they did it against boston and it was like uh you know the the only like the, the the biggest hardship with the Boston thing in 2013 was like uh, it, it was that close. You almost knocked off this giant and you gave us hope and whatever. But you knew the team sucked. And now it's like, yeah, it's way worse now that the team is good. Five years in We're a row supposed to be good. <laughs> and, and, and this is yeah. the core. And this is the core you've committed to with big money. And they've never shown that they can actually win around. And, you know, I know that, like, you, you don't show it until you've shown it, but fucking show it. And like Mariner, especially like the thing that drives me is you know Matthews like I, I I think that what he does for you on the ice is worth every single penny and more Marner like I it was an overmarket deal and and for a guy who who hasn't shown that he can shoot the puck in a way that's a threat and they completely just kind of let him you know have at it like they they took Matthews away Marner had his chances and he did zip with them and he wasn't able to to create at Remember a high he enough was level to come back with a shot yeah that's <laughs> what it came coming into the season that was all the talk he he was going to be yeah ripping and they just they let him do it on the power play and like this the thing has developed where um you know there have been some there's been some talk from some credible people that like Miner refused to to be uh, moved around and wanted to be in that shooter position on, on the power play and he's steadfastly refused that now that either means that he's lying or Sheldon Keefe um, you know just uh, continued to roll this out as his power play was completely awful and this guy is ripping muffins that are you know yeah. not like doing anything for you at all 
that's so outlandish to me if that's true like i don't want to speculate on it we have no idea if it's true or not but like he said there's some pretty credible kind of sources behind it but like if like there are very few guys in the league in my opinion that that would should be able to call their shots like that if ovechkin said i don't want to go anywhere but the half wall on the left side okay but mitch you haven't done a fucking thing in this league what, why would you get to call the shots and flat out refuse? Again, we don't know if that's true, but that just concept to me is. It, but it's a story outrageous. either way because it's, it's either it's either he did it or it's it, like it's or it's a, another question about what the hell was going on with his power play and why was nothing done about it all season. And I, I don't know. It's just like one of the worst quotes from the whole locker cleanout day was that they were already. You know, oh, yeah. contemplating the power play and stuff like, oh, that I just wanted to throw up at the thought of that. Like, you're supposed to be getting ready to play against the Winnipeg Jets, and we're still talking about this abysmal fucking power play. Ugh. Yeah, there's, there, like, there's, th- I think that's a part of, I don't know. I, I walked away from this series with a, a not so good taste in my mouth from, you know, Keith too. Like, I, I don't. I didn't agree with a lot of the things that happened decision making wise, and a lot of it was the power play, obviously. And yes, it's not his; it's Mahultra's, but he's still the head coach. And having, I don't understand the Joe Thornton thing. I, I, yeah. I, I at no point this year was I ever thrilled about his play. He had a couple flashes here and there, but yeah, if the if his whole thing is that he can make quick touch passes and that other people can't do how much offense is that really generating like i, I he was not good and, and, and basically no, just a body taking up good. space he's a body taking up space that they knew was wasn't a yeah threat. And he wasn't even getting like he, he was under 10 minutes in, a, in several of those games like he keeps didn't trust him out there and he shouldn't have and, and like but he yeah. wouldn't take him out of the lineup for some reason and I, that was one of the like when yeah. they had that uh, i think I, I talked about that on one of our last pods like uh, they had um thornton uh, Spezza Simmons as a line and I thought that was a terrible idea foot speed yeah. wise and just you know the way they'd all been going that year uh, going into or going into the playoffs I think that's one thing like, that really stood out in the series was that you know the Leafs did kind of get away from that speed game with their roster construction this year especially in the lower end oh it burned them yeah and, and I, I I think they'd be better served kind of getting back to a bit more it, speed game and like you know you've got Mikheyev and Engvall who play the game at a high pace but they don't really bring a whole lot to the table offensively I think if you can maybe insert a guy like Nick Robertson going into next year who's he's not an incredible skater himself but he gets around the rink a lot better than Joe Thornton does at this point and and I I don't know It, it was Sad, sad to say, but it was getting quite difficult to watch Joe Thornton uh, totally. as the season wore on. Yeah, um, I, you know, I, I'm mostly with you, Keith, in terms of not wanting to read or see anything. But like, I yeah. for some reason I haven't been able to like keep myself from just going to Cap Friendly and like fiddling around and like jotting some things down in a notepad for for whatever reason, just because of I guess. I mean, I know the reason. It's it's where we are, right? Like it's this isn't just like a, a team that you're hoping can put together another run next year. Like you, you know, you're going to have a great regular season again, um, and like I said, you're going to need it because you want to position yourself well in that division. Um, 
And I mean, but but ultimately, like that's that's the the thing that was most discouraging to me was watching like from the start of game five and just seeing that creep back into their game and then hoping, okay, maybe game six, they'll just come back and, and, you know, that was a one off and let's fucking close this down. And then it was just it got worse and worse. And as you're seeing like my my it all just evaporated for me very quickly. And then you'd watch, you know, the night game and it's Colorado and they're just absolutely fucking hammering on whoever whether it was you know st louis or it was uh, they were already in the second round before the yeah. least finished up right like they're just blowing teams out and it's like it, like we, we couldn't even get past this team so what fucking hope did we have against uh colorado or whoever whoever we ended up taking on? you know what i'll say about that though i i think if they i really do believe once they get over that first hurdle and they clear that mental mm-hmm. block that is yep. so evident I, I just think that it'll be a totally different narrative and the team will look entirely different once they get that gigantic gorilla off their backs i felt like that since the 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 seat well maybe not so much the washington series but the first boston series that if they got through the game seven they were going to win round two in like five or six like or even yeah. or maybe even a sweep like they were just going to die like like winnipeg i think they would have i think they would have blown winnipeg out. think about how much better we'd all feel had they just been able to win yeah. that one series so like we can't imagine the weight that would come off of their shoulders if they were able to just get over that yeah. hurdle and i talked about this i think at, on the last pod or one of them i don't know but i mentioned how like there was this big uh like kind of you know focus on bringing in guys like leadership and in, in, in these intangibles and just, you know, getting good veterans in the locker room to ensure that these types of things don't happen. And I had said how like if I was Mc or if I was Matthews or Marner, I'd kinda like that I feel that feels a bit like a slight on me. And I would probably take that a bit personally that like the organization doesn't think that I can do this without Joe Thornton and Wayne Simmons there to, you know, to keep me in line or whatever. Right now it's like, okay, you, you did all that. You brought those guys in and, and, and you still didn't show up. So at what point are these guys just going to snap and, and say I, I, enough's enough? Like, I, I just don't, under, I feel like if you've gotten this far and that killer instinct gene hasn't, hasn't appeared yet, I just don't know how, how it's going to at this point. And listen, I, well, they have to prove everyone wrong, right? I understand that it's a very fucking difficult game and it's a very fucking random game with a ton of variables and another team that's trying their absolute best to stop you. But you make $11 million a year for a reason because you're one of the best players in the league. You make whatever Marner makes 10 point something because you're one of the best wingers in the league. That's what you're supposed to do. You're, you're better than them quantifiably. So do it. Fucking do it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like I fucking stood up when I was saying that one. I'm, I'm pissed. I didn't. Know, I didn't want to get that emotional, but I'm mad now. No, but it would have been nice to see some of that from the actual team in those final games. Like even looking at the bench as that was going yeah. on. Like, did you I think guys I saw see any Hyman, sign of life at all? I think I saw Hyman yell at them when it went two nothing. Like I think when that second goal went in, it, it showed the bench and Hyman looked down and was. Scream, screaming something but that was it. I, I wasn't going to mention this because it's it's stupid but like I, I just because I went to hockey reference just to scan through the box score so I could see all the time on ice I just happened to notice like I went to the the page for the series or whatever and it, it lists the the actual like time uh, like from start to finish of the game right 
and game seven was the shortest one by a few minutes like it, and i know there's a couple of overtime games but like it just felt like, and it felt like it. Like it just felt like there was no fight. There was, and and that was it. Was basically yeah. the worst case. But it was also like, you know, the expectation. The only like, I had just the faintest hope that like maybe they'll come out and surprise us and actually just put this thing away and move on, and, and we can kind of forget that this this happened and see how the second round goes. And, and you know, you get to the point where you lose Jake Muzzin, and then it's like, well fuck like you know you, you you're down a couple of big players and like you know you've done this to yourself at this point with like you know it, it, winnipeg's arrested opponent like maybe they would just would have gone out anyway and like you, you're still expecting a deep run but all of that you know uh, they still can't fucking pull it out and just you know come through with that that just it like there was never that point and that that was kind of like almost at the end of the first period of each of games five through seven i i just felt like fuck each of those games no I, I, I thought yeah like they didn't come out and just pop a couple early and make it easy on themselves and when they don't make it easy on themselves it's a fucking nightmare did they score a first period goal in any of those three games no i i don't believe so no i didn't think so they definitely didn't. No, end, they, they no, were yeah, down no, two nothing. Didn't. I think after one, and it was, I think it was scoreless the other two first periods, if I remember right. Yeah. So, yeah. which is fucking pathetic. Yeah, it's odd. Like in Game Seven, I was almost like relieved when Gallagher got that first goal out of the way because it was like, oh wait, now they'll play. Because yeah, that, they that's won't be how so scared it, now. Yeah, yeah, they, they only seemed to. It, it, that was like the old Leafs creeping in again, where. They only seemed to, you know, get their feet under them when they were chasing the game. And that's not the team that we saw throughout the regular season at all. And it was just really discouraging. And and how frustrating was the entire thing for Kyle Dubas? I, I think, like, so many things ha- have just gone worst-case scenario for him in his time as GM of the Leafs. Like, he built this team. Our buddy Jake referenced it on Twitter, like, built this team to be basically a two-headed monster with the, you know paying the top four forwards so much money. You have the combination of Matthews and Mariner, and then you have Tavares and Nylander. And we didn't get to see that. Dubas didn't get to have his team out there when it mattered the most again. And then you add Felino, like You give up a first-round pick for this guy, and he basically immediately gets injured and is mostly a non-factor because of it. It just, you know, it's got to be extremely frustrating. As bad as it is for us as fans, the guys with actual skin in the game who have invested, you know, their careers into the moves that they've made and the roster that they've constructed, that's got to hurt just the way that all that fell apart for them at the most crucial time. Keith got to see the line, you know, the lineup that he wanted to put together for like eight minutes, like, you know, unfortunately, and then Tavares gets hurt. So it's like Felino gets hurt, you know, Hyman's hurt in the re- end of the regular season. Felino's hurt at the end of the regular season. To have like Matthews, Marner, uh, Hyman, Felino, Nylander, Tavares was a top six for about eight or nine minutes. Like that's. But they still should have won. Again, not they an still ex- should have won. Oh, yeah. Not an excuse. That's what I'm about to say. Not an excuse. But like, extremely not a fucking, frustrating. Not even close to an excuse. 
but for Dubis to sit up there and, and build his team and, you know, and then, and not really get to see it come out that like you're saying, it's more just of a frustration thing from him. It's absolutely not an excuse for, for losing to a team that was very clearly not as good as you. And, and that's another thing too. Like I wasn't that impressed with the Habs. Like what, what did they do other than shut down Matthew? Like, I mean, and I get it, shut down Matthews is a, is a, a tall task, but like, that was one guy really like or one line that did that. The Like, I don't know. I didn't really, I wasn't impressed with Josh Anderson at all. It's such a strange series. Didn't the Leafs end up like outscoring them? They had the goalie with the better save percentage. I just was like, not impressed with these comedy guys. Of errors, really. These guys that I thought were going to be like playoff performers for them. Like Josh Anderson was terrible. Like he, he would, he looked bad in his own zone. He was just a, a one, like a rush scoring chance waiting to happen. But most of the time he yeah. kind of missed the net or like, I don't know. He was a non-factor for me. Suzuki had a Suzuki had maybe one or one and a half good games. He said himself that he thought the series started to turn a bit once Montreal inserted Kotkinemi oh, and Caulfield. Give me a break. <laughs> like it's hilarious, but can you think of a, a couple of players that stood out more for the Habs than those two? The only I thought two Caulfield players, yeah. was their best player. Yeah, uh, you're, I mean, absolutely. Still, but I just, yeah. <laughs> it just drives me nuts. Um, I, I mean, th- th- that's the thing. Like they, you know, the, the Habs played, had some guys who played well, but they had some guys who weren't like Anderson wasn't very good. And I expected like, if they were going to have a chance, Anderson was going to have to like, you know, bury a few and just be hammering guys all the time. And like, he, he looked lost out there at times. Yeah. Um, you know, price was, was very, very good. Um, obviously. And you know, the, the Habs played the game that you expected, but like they, they, they kept running those fucking plugs out there on D like Sherratt and, and Edmondson who just turn it over three times a shift and they didn't fucking do anything with it. So like at the end of the day, like it's just, you know, the Leafs shooting themselves in the foot and, and like the, the, the Habs, I mean, credit to them. Like, you know, they played the game that, you know, you expected they were going to play. They, they got, you know, the, enough performances to get through it. And now they, they, come out flying in game one of round two and they've got a fucking edge and they've got an emotional edge because uh you know shifley's a fucking clown so like <laughs> it's just that that's how quick things can turn for you right we need to have a term for the feeling and it's a fucking distinct feeling because i've had it for years now um of i'm we sitting here still reeling from my team getting eliminated in a game I don't think they should have been eliminated in and I'm watching the team that did it playing in the next round like it's a fucking distinct feeling I hate it but it needs a name don't you always kind of just want them to to win like whatever team goes on to beat the Leafs, I kind of just like there's a part of me that's like, no, go on a run at least. Like <laughs> nah. make this make this hurt a little <laughs> bit less. Like I don't I don't want to be I don't want them to have lost to the team that gets swept in the next round. Like I I feel like there's a a sliver. I wouldn't of, be any more embarrassed. So I just don't think anything is going to make me feel better about yeah. what we no, saw out of our right. team. You're honestly, right. so you know, like I I, I loved when the Bruins uh, got you know, capped on that, like two quick goals to lose the cup, uh, the year that they knocked the Leafs out, um, in 2013. Yeah. Uh, but like, I didn't, you know, I wasn't like, Oh, at least, you know, like it it was, it's just, especially now, because it's, it's just like you, you should have gotten through that division and you fucking punted it. It Absolutely. Just blew it. If you'd have told me that the Habs won this, won this series, like before game one, 
I would have assumed that Anderson had a hat trick in a game and Toffoli fucking went off and Suzuki went off and Gallagher played incredible and none of that happened. Like none, none of those. The Toffoli was another non-factor. No, they just stayed in, and the Leafs it, couldn't, could not uh, generate anything. It's not an equation that adds up at all. Like there's, there's nothing you can point to other than Carey Price. Other than Carey Price. What did we say before the series? We said in order for the Habs to win this series, a lot of things are going to have to go their way, and a lot of things are going to have to go wrong for the Leafs. A lot of things went wrong for the Leafs. Like even if you get down to guys like Galchenyuk and Dermott, who Dermott didn't play a ton, but when he was in there, I thought he played really well until he didn't and made yeah. perhaps the worst play of his career in maybe the biggest moment of his career to lose game six. And Galchenyuk, I thought, played really well. He, what was it, game three that he went off? Two and, points. Yeah. And, but all we're going to remember from those guys is the turnovers in overtime. And then you, you throw in the injuries and like three puck over glass penalties in a single game. It just like the most ridiculous Toronto Maple Leafs bullshit that is just so predictable and felt like the inevitability of it all was the most painful thing. It, it just yeah. like you could feel it snowballing and just tumbling down the mountain. It was, uh, it still hurts. Yeah, and and I guess another thing that you could have maybe seen happening if the Habs were to win would, would have been Campbell having a bad series. And Campbell was fantastic. And the only kind of like positive thing I'm riding into next year is that I'm totally you know content, happy, and excited to have him as the number one. Yeah, but I can't even get excited about that because the thought of an 82 game season is fucking. <laughs> I can't even think of that. I have to do that. Yeah, anymore. I've got zero desire to think about oh, that. Oh, man. Right I, I don't have a lot of time for an 82 game season <laughs> to get back to this. No. It's, I mean, well, because this is the expectation now. If they do anything, it, it will be surprising everybody. It will be proving people wrong. How can anyone expect anything different? I don't think there's even a situation that I can be. Like, and I don't think anybody should be like, I, I, I mean, I don't want to tell people how to be a fan, but like, I don't think you can be excited going into round one next year, no matter what happens, because they I just, mean, like, they just okay, did I wasn't even this year because like, honestly, like I, I only started to get a, a little bit into it once <laughs> we were kind of like on the brink of moving on. I was like, okay, like the relief is here. Like this would have been a nightmare if we lost yeah. this first round. I can finally start to get excited now. <laughs> and then they just fucking come out. And, and the way, the thing that drives me about it is like the way that it's just the, the game on the ice is just something happening to the Leafs. Like they have no fucking control to actually like influence the outcome <laughs> yeah. of it it's like they're sitting on the bench watching a television show and they get out there and they're like well am I, what am i supposed to do like it's fucking i'm <laughs> it's every year man and i just like and yeah uh, next year is going to suck to go all the way we'll through tune in to see and, how and they that's can do the, it again the other next thing year. like having that feeling of like <laughs> let's just get that round one relief like i already know in my brain like we're not going from can't win a round to winning four rounds. So I'm already pissed off about next year. Cause like, like what round loss is okay next season in the sixth season of this shit. Right. So I just, yeah, I'm fucking my blood pressures up and it's, it is a good thing. We took three days. It really is. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, I, I would have said some things. It, it, it's kind of like you, you know, you you and your buddy or you and your wife or whatever are mad at each other, and you, you say those things that in the heat of the moment you might regret. There would have been a lot of that had we recorded immediately following Game Seven. Yeah, I don't want to trade Mariner as bad. I probably would have said more, but I don't know how much of it I would have regretted, <laughs> or at least maybe regretted just saying. But like, I still would have meant it. Yeah, like, <laughs> I, I haven't like softened my stance on anything. I'm just a little bit more defeated and sad now. I was a lot more angry then. Yeah. Yeah. I so what's? Um, I think that we should wind this down. But I'm I'm sure you've both had thoughts because this is all we think about. Like, how do you improve for next year? Because fucking kill me. We know we're going to be here. Um, my immediate thought is you can't like go back to the veteran well and like you can't keep um, you, you have to you have to increase your team I don't speed. Think you like, can go back to the slow you, you, veteran you, you, well. You, yes. um, absolutely like made a decision to like, you know, get get tougher to play against. Try to bring in some players with, you know, like some serious like defensive ability like Felino was obviously a uh, an acquisition in in that mold and like that was a failure of a pickup uh ultimately like with based on the results and, and like it, it, I, I, my thought is like let most of these guys walk you bring back Spezza um and, and like try to fill in with speed and bring up some of the young guys because ultimately like you're, you know, you're trying to get contributions from guys on entry level contracts, you know, when you are um, ready to kind of go for it. And then that's the situation you're in. Like Amirov, Robertson, roll them both out there, get in their experience in the regular season, put them out there in every situation and get them ready to fucking fly in the playoffs because, you know, you're, you're like, you're getting the mistakes either way, it seems. So might as well take them with a chance to yeah. fucking outscore because, like, you're, you're the last two seasons, you've gotten like nine thirty ish goaltending, and you haven't been able to get it done. So, like, fuck me. Yeah, I've got no better way to end that thought. <laughs> <laughs> well said. Um, I agree a hundred percent with the team speed thing. I thought that it became a glaring issue, especially in the playoffs that, that you want that for checking and physicality and stuff like that. But Simmons couldn't skate well enough to, to really make an impact in that regard consistently. And Thornton definitely wasn't getting around the rink with any kind of speed to, get to those loose pucks and make those one touch passes and just win those board battles. So I, I think that they definitely got to look to get some more speed in the lower part of the lineup. And I think you just, as much as nobody wants to hear this right now, you just keep banking on the talent that you have. Uh, I don't know how you win a trade for a guy like Mitch Mariner. I'm sure we'll talk a lot more about that as the summer progresses, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, emotionally, it makes sense to trade Mitch Marner in a good business decision to trade Mitch Marner, not even business decision, but a good hockey decision to trade Mitch Marner. Probably not. Um, but like, I, th- I don't even know if you necessarily need to come out on top in a trade for him in terms of like, you know, like you won the trade or whatever, because I think having two or three guys that make up his salary, maybe one of them gets hot and does what he was supposed to do. Like I, 
I, I just don't, I, I don't know if I'm happy. Like I, I, I'm not going to be happy if they trade Mitch Marner, but I'm, I'm not really going to be happy with the same, you know, lineup of guys coming out next year, but there it I is. Mean, the life of a Leafs fan, just not yeah, going to be happy. <laughs> I'm just not. I'm just never going to be happy. But like, I mean, there's there's priorities in the offseason. Like Zach Hyman. Like I I don't I don't want that to have been the last game that Zach Hyman played as a Leaf. I don't. Uh, I don't want the thought of that it, makes me physically ill. Yeah, and I don't want. And I'm, and again, this is maybe way off, but I'm pretty confident that you could find somebody in the AHL that brought what Wayne Simmons brought to the team. And faster, like yeah. I, I think he's anything. a spare, and and I, I get anything. it. It was very fun to have him. It was very fun to have Wayne Simmons on as a leaf and to see it. And same thing with Thornton. But like, there's guys out there for, and and I know you didn't pay him much, but there's guys out there that can do all of the toughness stuff that they do, and maybe score a little bit more, and at least be a factor on the forecheck, like. I'm not like they got. Yeah, right. They got to get fast. And maybe you won't be so beholden to them. Like there seemed to be like a bit of a handcuffed feeling with Thornton, especially right. Like who wants to be the the coach that scratches Joe Thornton? And exactly. That's not to excuse. (laughs) Yeah. And that's not to excuse it because you've got to do what is best for the team. But like, that's a, a real factor. Like there's something to be said for, the fact that it's Joe fucking Thornton, right? And yeah. maybe if, if you've got less, I don't know, prestigious players in the lower part of your lineup, it, you you have a little more flexibility to kind of, you know, change things in and out and find a mix that works. And maybe the right move was to, you know, I, I don't know if it was the right move, but like they tried the, you know, multiple $3 million players that are skilled and, you know, like the 40 to 50 point guys like Kapanen and Janssen that, you know, round out your, your middle six and it didn't work with them. So they're like, okay, we're going to try the old veteran guys that, you know, character locker room guys for cheaper and fill out the defense. And that didn't work. Although like, I think I, I'm pretty okay with how the defense played in the series. Like I, I yeah. there was nobody, you know, apart from that one bad mistake that Dermot made, and and maybe maybe some some gaffes by Sandine, but he's to be expected with a young defenseman. Like that wasn't a concern for me. Like I'm very happy if the same defense comes back. Like I don't know if Bogosian will be back, but like somebody like that, it, it, I I I just I don't see how. I don't see like a clear roster decision or roster construction thing going into next year. That's going to be like, Oh, there it is. That's it. Because I thought it was, I thought they just did that and, and it clearly didn't work. So yeah, well that's what, it, that's why I'm saying you almost just have to accept the fact that they're going to continue to bank on the high end talent and just maybe search for a different mix around the fringes yeah. of the roster. But I, I just don't know what else you can do. I get trust in the process too. And like, I, that's something that, I don't just like get like I fully subscribe to and and believe in, but like part of that, if if the problem that you're facing and like what Shanahan said, like is a lack of killer instinct, I don't know how you plan for that in the process. Yeah. Like I don't know how that becomes a a quantifiable thing or, or or a a process driven thing. Like they either have that or you don't. And you know, maybe it's a learned skill and maybe it comes, everybody's talking about this whole like, they got to have the Steve Eiserman talk, yeah. but it's like, well, there's, there's no Fedorov and Lidstrom no. and all with them too. Like it wasn't 
just Steve Eiser. Yeah, we're also talking about one of the greatest hockey players to ever lace them up when you're talking yeah. about Steve Eiserman. So. And to end exactly. on like a positive note, though, on that point, um, what did we also say coming into the playoffs in our last pod before the playoffs? Uh, William Nylander, we would like to see him have a better uh, performance. He hasn't really been great in the playoffs in the past. And what happened? He was fucking the best player on the ice. So um, he was like, fantastic. If, if that happens with Mitch Marner next year, do you want it to be on the Leafs or do you want it to be elsewhere? And that's ultimately what it comes down to, because you know that he has it in him. And it's just like, is it ever going to come out? Um, and like Matthews to a, 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 you know, maybe lesser extent um, as well. Like it's it, those are the guys who have to find it. You're not just going to be able to plug in the killer instinct on, on the third and fourth lines and hope that that gets you where you got to go. Right. Like you, you need it from those guys. Yeah, nope. it's got to come from within. And from the top. Absolutely. Um, but on that note, maybe we should, you know, sprinkle a little credit to some guys like Nylander who, they did play. There was a few guys that played well through this. My guy, Nylander, chief among them. Kerfoot was uh, I, he kind of slowed down as the series went, yeah, but totally. I, I thought he played his best hockey as a Leaf in the early part of that series. He stepped up when he, he was Johnny went down, something yeah. of an X factor early on. Muzzin, uh, Muzzin until he got hurt was great. Yeah, Muzzin, Brody, Brody, Brody I, I thought Morgan Riley really calmed things down and. Uh, probably played his best hockey of the season as well that was one of the most disappointing things to me was that morgan riley came out and he had it man he had you're talking about the killer instinct like he went out and he he just he played within himself and he played a lot like he he was leading the blue line almost every night um he he was awesome and and he just like he 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 reined himself in when he had to and he went when he had to and that's what we were looking for all season long and he was fucking awesome and the, yeah, the, not to turn it back, but yeah, he, to see him get let down as a guy who's kind of been there through through it all is like, uh, like he he finally got it together. Willie got it together. Like it's it, it's coming, but fuck the Habs in the first round. Yeah, there's six or seven guys who kind of did their job, but unfortunately, there's there's 18 that have to, and yeah, that didn't really happen. And, and two of the the absolute two most important ones, maybe outside of Jack Campbell, because goaltending, they just didn't get it done yep yeah that's what it came down to um yeah i think three or four minutes of praise at the end of the podcast is pretty much what was called for after that fucking (laughs) showing so we'll end it there um villages is a band from cape breton who uh i they retweeted their own tweet i think that they tweeted it after like game six and then like while game seven was going on they retweeted themselves saying like you know, NBA is a better league anyway, which is true. But um, <laughs> I, I just died at the fucking meme that they had. So I retweeted it and uh, it, it, a couple of the Leafs bloggers put it out there as well. And it, it took off a little bit. It was I think it was I, it, now it, it, here's going to be a bad question that's going to fucking out at least two of us as being um, uncultured. I think it's from Goodfellas that that meme I, I thought it was the Sopranos at first, and I thought I was like spoiling myself because I'm partway through. But uh, I, I think it's Goodfellas, which I, I, I'm I've seen very few like mobster movies. Um, yeah, not my domain either. I'm not familiar <laughs> with either show or movie. either way. <laughs> Uncultured swine. Well, also it doesn't help that it's always like the same people in every movie. So if, like, if it's <laughs> De Niro and Pesci, you could have been a bunch of them. Um, <laughs> so. 
Villages uh, upon the horizons, their latest EP, and uh, wanted to show them uh, a little love because they were hurting like us. Uh, we're going to stick around and record some stuff for Patreon. Thanks for joining us through the year. It was our first uh, with Lamenting the Leafs and didn't end the way we wanted, but um, we're still here. It, it was fun doing the show with you guys, and uh, yeah, we'll be back. It, it, it was great to have such a positive response from everyone that uh, took the time to listen to our show. So, thank you guys. Destination with the canteen compass and spade. If it's a million miles away, oh, all night I'll build a fire and we'll wait and water to the waist. Wrapped up in the heat, go back on the beach, watch the lake's crystals caper away. As I gather a pipe and go skin, cast out a misty morning. Up all night till the sun comes up on the day Shelter the embers, keep the coals kindled for the age When we're doing nothing, keep on happiness at bay Watch the lake's crystals caper away As I gather a pipe in the skin Cast out a misty morning Up all night till the sun comes up on the day Oh